This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm here with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here with another edition of Energy Markets. To find out more about us, check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our blog and our podcasts. We'd like to thank our good friend Doug Stetzer of EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. You can check out his podcasts and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone, especially those not intended to listen. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is July 12th. Andy LeBeau, a lot has happened since our last podcast of merely one month ago. Uh, where do you want to start? Oh, my goodness, Jim. It's <laughs> been like uh, one hit after another. Right? Every, every day there's, a, there's another headline. Uh, you know, our last podcast was before the June 22nd OPEC meeting. And uh, since then, seemingly, um, you know, all heck is broken loose in, in these markets. Uh, although, the, as we'll discuss later, the, the volatility wouldn't quite indicate that. Yeah. And I think we might as well start with OPEC, right? I think okay. I think that's, you know, that's usually a good place to start in the, Could, uh, in the oil markets. Can I uh, pick a country like Iran? Do you want to start with Iran? Iran would be a good country to start with. I think uh, uh, last time we uh, were talking, uh, I think we were expecting maybe 500,000 barrels. That was kind of a consensus of, uh, of uh, exports lost due to, um, you know, Trump pulling out of the nuclear agreement. What, what, are, you, what are you thinking now? Well, that was yet another development over the last uh, month because the administration had uh, made clear that they want the exports to go to zero uh, as a result of, of uh, us pulling out of, of pulling out of the deal and are really um, tracing a hard line saying that they may uh, may not offer any waivers as the Obama administration did. Although just yesterday, uh, Secretary of State Pompeo said that, well, you know, we, there may be some waivers offered. Is, so, does China need a waiver? They're just going to, or they're just going to no, buy. No, China, China doesn't really need a waiver, and they'll they'll probably just continue to uh, continue to buy. India did apply for a waiver last time out. Last time out, and and there have they have already reduced some of their uh, some of their purchases from uh, from Iran. China will be interesting to see to see where they go. Uh, they buy about six hundred thousand barrels a day of uh, Iranian crude, and uh, can probably will probably replace that with uh, Saudi crude. Now, um, I know we're jumping topics a little bit, but yeah. you know, China has has already said that due to the due to the tariff the trade war that we're in with, with them, that uh, U.S. crude uh, refined products and possibly LNG uh, could be on the list. So it won't be American, it won't be U.S. crude, I think, that, that replaces uh, Iran for, uh, for China. Uh, but probably it'll be Saudi crude, I would think. The Saudis are trying to get the Chinese for, to increase their market share with China. And of course, you know, what, what producer wouldn't? 
except us. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bullet to the foot. Yeah, bullet to the foot. Yeah. Uh, so Iran, I, I'm working with like with about a million barrels a day. I think that's where the market is uh, of Iranian crude loss. Interestingly, they they were down about 1.2 under the last sanction regime, but of course that was a that was a different regime because that was a multilateral regime, uh, sanction regime, not a unilateral machine, uh, regime. So so. You know, we'll, 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 we'll see. I think the market has definitely ratcheted up its estimate of uh, Iranian crude loss from half a million to, to a million. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it could be more. It could be less than that. Uncertain. And there's no, there's no way this stuff uh, leaks somehow into Iraq and shows up as, you know, monster exports from Iraq. I mean, it's just that doesn't happen, right? Well, it could happen. Could happen. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. definitely could happen. Yeah, so, definitely. It, it definitely so, so, could happen. I mean, there, there was a lot of, you know, even though we were down, again, the last regime was a lot different than this, but even then there was, there was, def, there was leakage out of, out of Iran. So, so even though we're looking at a million, it could, there could be some liquid leakage of a, you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand barrels or, or so. Like yeah, yeah, it could be, and, and and again, it could be more than that or less than that, depending on where we go with uh, where we go with waivers. So, so let's just let's just kind of concentrate on countries that are declining in production. What what's the, what's the latest on Venezuela? Yeah. Venezuela is uh, at probably 1.4 and decline 1.4 million barrels a day, and and still on the way down. Last month's IEA had them, you know, said that they'd be down a hundred, you know, they'd be down multiple hundred thousands by the end of the year, and uh, probably under a million by the the first quarter of uh, of 2019. So it doesn't look like uh, that's being arrested now. Venezuela did tell OPEC that they were going to increase production by 300,000 barrels a day at the last uh, OPEC meeting. But uh, I, I don't think there was a lot of credibility to that to that statement amongst the ministers. Right, right. Not going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, uh, Conoco, uh, Conoco Phillips uh, has taken over the Caribbean assets of uh, Pedevesa. Is that correct? Right. In, right. In the, in the, does that restrict their uh, exports? Yeah. It's going to uh, restrict their ability to uh, to export at least out of that out of that uh, port. Uh, they've been redirecting a lot of their um, tankers. Um, you know, they can't really they can't go there. Basically, right. yeah, yeah. And you know, there's still uh, you know, there's so many big fundamental issues uh, to Venezuela res- trying to increase their production. Uh, from corruption, maintenance, labor, you know, and it doesn't look as though that's that's being arrested, Jim. Right, right. So it can it look for a continued decline in uh, Venezuela. Now, I think the market is definitely looking for a continued decline in, in Venezuela. And then um, let's just quickly move over to Libya. What's um, we we it, on again, off again? Yeah, Libya, and that this is this is easily the big. The biggest market factor, uh, at least of the last week, um, not of the last, not since our last podcast, but you know, all of a sudden, not all, 
they declared force majeure on 850,000 barrels a day of, uh, of exports, which as we know is sweet crude and, and it's a huge number. Yes. Uh, it's a, it, it's a huge number, uh, a dispute between, um, the government and the rebels, the rebels wanted the NOC East to export. They can't under the UN, but now it looks like they've resolved that for the time being. There was some damage to the, uh, to some of the storage terminals, but the force majeure was, uh, lifted earlier this week and, uh, the market, yeah, you know, that was a, that was it was lifted yesterday. The market got hammered. Yes, you no, know, absolutely hammered because yeah. you know that eight fifty. Yeah, that that's a big number. Yeah, yeah, hundred thousand here, hundred thousand there. You, you start talking about real numbers. Right, you start yeah. talking about real numbers. That's yes. a big number. Iran's a big number, and Saudi's a big number. But uh, you know, I think the market is trying to grapple with Iran and Saudi. Okay, but all of a sudden. Yeah, you, throw this you know, this 850 missing out of Libya, it's like, oh my goodness. And that was on top of uh, the Canadian thin crude problems, which was, uh, what, 350,000 a day? Right. Uh, it's Canadian thin crude, um, North Sea maintenance, um, as well as uh, a labor action going on in, in, uh, in Norway. Um, you know, and, and there there's five or six hundred it looks like canada is going to come back piecemeal uh maybe a hundred by the end of this month a hundred next month and then you know another 150 in september something like that but you know yet another yet another loss now getting back to opec jim this yes. is the saudis the saudis yeah yeah i mean what's their number you know, their number, right? What's their number? Exactly. What's their number? And this is the problem in trying to do all these balances. You know, you're really not, you're really not sure what their number, what their number is. They said at the OPEC meeting, well, at the OPEC meeting in, on June 22nd, you know, they said, we're going to increase production. There weren't any numbers, really. We we're going to go back to where we were to make 100% compliance, which was 10.6 million barrels a day. They were at like 9.9 to 10 million barrels a day. So that would be up 600,000. But then, you know, they told the market, well, we may be going up to 11 million uh, sometime in the third quarter. So there's, a, there's another 400,000 barrels a day. Unclear, I think they may 10.8 to 11 is gonna be the number, but... Um, you know, that, that's not set. And I would expect Kuwait and uh, the UAE to go up between them like three to 400,000 barrels a day. So um, an increase of, uh, let's say 1.2 million barrels a day, which, you know, could, which should make up for Iran, which is why Libya was so important. Because right. you throw in that 850 and it's like, you know, the, the, it, now we're talking. Deficit. Yeah. yeah, it's a big yeah, deficit. Yeah. And, and getting back to Libya, that's not, you know, that looks like for now, that's okay. But, you know, things have, are all right for now. Yeah. But, you know, that, that, that's also subject to change. And, of course, Nigeria uh, is still this force for sure on Bonnie Light, uh, although there is unsold Nigerian, you know, or th there's still some unsold Nigerian. But, you know, Nigeria could be problematic. So all of this, um, 
the the IEA came out today with their uh, monthly oil market report and um, had a kind of a statement in the summary that they they you know they just don't see I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry. It was like they don't they don't see um, any help from supply, basically going right. forward. Right? right. So it was a very bullish. Well, they said some of the stuff's temporary. However, going forward with you know increased demand, we we, we had talked early on how how we expected to see the fourth quarter tightening. Right. 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 And uh, the the IEA seems to be underlining that point. And um, with all my years in, in these market uh, training in, the, in this oil market, I feel like it's a uh, it's it's a bearish signal. It's a contrary signal, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> it really is. But that's I, the cynic Samoa. <laughs> yeah, kind of cynical, but but also, you know, is it is it possible that we have all this bullish stuff going around that there's maybe some bearish stuff out there that's just hasn't it's in the background that we're not looking at yeah i mean let's look at the on the demand side jim yes. you know what, what is what are what are these tariffs gonna you know what's gonna happen with the these uh this trade war uh you know how is it how is it going to affect oil consumption how is it going to affect global growth uh i heard an economist say yesterday that uh uh, she didn't think it would be that significant, maybe like two tenths of one percent on uh, on global GDP, but it could be five tenths of one percent. I'm thinking five tenths of one percent—that's yeah, big. That's you big. Know, yeah. Maybe, yeah, even two tenths is, is big. So, you know, that could be a factor. Higher higher interest rates, how that affects emerging market. You know, how that affects demand. I mean, yeah, on the demand side, there could be some surprises. Well, there's, there was an economist, um, I put it up on our blog, that was saying that, uh, I think he said all recessions are started by an inverted yield curve and high, higher oil prices. So we're, we're pretty, you know, higher is, is subjective, but we, have, we do have higher oil prices and the, and the yield curve is flattening. Um, I, think it's, I think it's for oil prices, I think it's eight out of the last 10 recessions were uh, 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 preceded by a sharp increase in oil. So consumption, you, we're going to take a look at, I don't want to, I guess we can switch into gaso, gasoline consumption in the U.S. Is, is going to be flat this year. Yeah, gasoline consumption is going to be flat, but petrochemical demand is, is roaring and, the, and diesel demand has been really good. But when we say, when we're talking about the U.S. gas demand, the rest of the world, we're, we're exporting a lot now, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our exports are, are um, our exports are strong. Again, we've talked about this to, uh, you know, to Latin America uh, and, and South America because their demand is growing, but they also have infrastructure issues. Gasoline demand globally will grow, uh, probably not as much as diesel, but the big, you know, the, the big growth is in petrochemical demand. Right. Uh, globally, it's not so much on the, uh, you know, on the transport side. It, it is, uh, I shouldn't say not so much, but, but, you know, I think on a percentage basis, it's going to be on petrochemicals. And, the, and therein lies uh, where uh, a slowing economy can, can really have an impact. Right, right. Um, just a little, uh, I want to bring up um, yesterday, I know, I know this is a monthly podcast, we, we don't look at 
every single trade in the marketplace. But um, I thought it was interesting yesterday, we had a uh, sharp move down in the market and what you, it was like $3 in WTI. And what, what you ex would expect to see in the options world is a lot of the front month stuff to trade, which we did. I mean, the biggest option was um, on August 70 put 23,000 trade, but, but the August uh, 68 to 72 puts, and the 73 through 75 calls were the most active. So, so you know, you, you see the move, you see that activity, you say that's normal. Um, however, I, I looked at the, um, the CME has this great tool, uh, most active um, strikes, and um, I was looking at it ranked by open interest. And there's this uh, yesterday moving into 14th, up to 14th place was the Dece $100 call expires in in 2020 and i was just it was kind of shocked to see that now we have been, for, for months we've been talking about you know even before all this stuff happened uh in the last month we've been talking about how people were positioning for a tighter fourth quarter of 2018 by buying uh calls and and eight out of the, out of the top 10 uh open interest calls were in are still in dc 18 so it's kind of you know a little bit different than, than have what we usually see is like a lot of the front month stuff uh, being the most open interest. So now we have a D2020 $100 call showing up in the top 20. And um, I, I just thought that was interesting on a sharp down day. So, so I guess, you know, we, we always look at the, you know, the initiator as the buyer, but if you were to take, if you were thinking about buying one of those, um, what are the fundamentals behind that? Or would you say, somebody might do that if you were just looking for higher prices. I mean, this is the, the, we have the story of the tight, tighter uh, fourth quarter, but that's, you could buy DC-18s for that. Yeah. Is it, but this is, is this the, the um, commentary we hear about the underinvestment in crude oil, you think, something like that? I think it could be. Yeah. I mean, we know that the, uh, you know, the so-called gap from where we didn't really invest, where the oil industry did, didn't invest because of low prices in uh, 2014 and, and 2015, uh, that gap should be hitting us in 2019, 2020. You know, it's been masked a little bit by the, the tremendous growth in, uh, in U.S. Uh, tight oil. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's that. There's certainly any kind of geopolitical upset. Could, could we be in a, uh, could Persian Gulf barrels, you know, could, could the Strait of Hormuz be blocked? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, now you, you know, given the, the entire geopol given uh, the, the entire geopolitical portrait. Right. Uh, it, it, yeah, you know, you can't say it's not impossible. Right. So you, you'd rather be a buyer of those than a seller, right? I mean, that's for sure. Of those. Yeah, I, pro I, I don't know. Who, who knows? Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know. I yeah. Mean. Well, I, always have to say, I have to always say, you know, we, we look at these things or why are people buying those? But there's also, you can't, you can't have an increased open interest unless there's a seller there too. Right. right. So, yeah. So, so the people, somebody's selling it. Somebody's, um, somebody's selling it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so the number one um, option is the, the DC, uh, the DC-80 call 40,000 open interest. So that's, that's, you know, that's been around for a while. I mean, we've, we've been talking about that for a while. Um, well, that's certainly, yeah. I mean, I think we had, we, 
you know, I said, ah, I wasn't so sure that, that that would go in the money, but now, you know, again, you, you look at what, you know, some of the things that are, that are going on, on in the market. Yeah. It's, it's not impossible. It's I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly know, you know, when does that November 4th, I think is when the sanctions are uh, due to get into play. So we'll, we'll have a better idea of right. what we're going to, what we're going to lose from Iran. The other thing is us, you know, us crude stocks are still good. They, they just fell 13 million barrels. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. The market sold off anyway, but you know, I, I think we're going to continue at least during July and August. You know, we we still should have some pretty pretty sharp draws here, and uh, you know, Cushing is is cruising towards. Uh, they're at Cushing. We're at twenty. Let's see, twenty six million uh, barrels at Cushing. You know, the operator. Who knows? I'm, I'm not sure what the operational minimum is, but yeah. the last time we were down here uh, around these levels or lower. We were talking about eight, I think, eighteen million. Right. Carol says the operational minimum, maybe something like that, eighteen to twenty. So, you know, uh, clearly stocks are lower cushing. I, I think they're going to keep drawing here in the next few weeks. Now, these uh, these spreads to uh, West Texas have to be blown out again, right? They are. Yeah, yeah. they're like fifteen, sixteen under uh, for for uh, Midland to WTI. So, uh, yeah, they are blowing up. Although Midland at Houston is only like $2 over. But they, uh, they, they've blown out. So, um, and, and that's supposed to ease up maybe next year sometime a little bit? They take away capacity increases? Presumably, yeah. Presumably. Uh, pres presumably around um, second or third quarter, uh, the, the, should be, the take away capacity should be It'll be higher. That that's for sure, and it'll ease a lot by third or fourth quarter of uh, of next year. But uh, you know, ironically, because of the the steel tariffs, the the pipeline companies are uh, you know having trouble, you know having you know at least they're saying you know we can't source the the steel that we need. To Unbelievable. Build. It's unbelievable, right? Yeah, yeah. The economy is such a complicated system. You, uh, I don't think anybody really understands all of it, <laughs> especially when you know policies are made to do one thing, and then there's all these other unintended consequences. But uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's interesting. We'll see. I, you know, get, when you think about tariffs. You know, you, to me, a lot of times it's just the trade routes that'll be rerouted, but that's not how, you know, that takes time to work itself through the system. So if China says they don't want to buy U.S. crude oil, well, we, we'll, they'll buy from someone else and we, U.S. crude oil will sell it, will show up in those places that, you know, is not being supplied, you know, it's just, right. but it may not be the most efficient uh, trade route to those markets. So the, the seller of crude gets a little less, the buyer of crude pays a little more. So it's, so it's inefficient, but you still, you know, you, you move the stuff around and, and but, but that's not, you know, when some of the steel makes is a little different, it's not, not as easy to do that. You know, soybeans are, are collapsing and collapsing. Yeah, right. I know. And my, my initial thought was, well, okay, China doesn't buy our soybeans. They buy it from Brazil and we supply, I don't know, Europe or somebody like that. But I guess there's a, there's a few more soybeans than uh, 
then there is demand and maybe they show up in, in U.S. silos because of these tariffs. But again, it's just complicated to see how this stuff uh, works through the system. Um, let's, let's talk about oil prices. I know, I know we, you just gave me a very uh, complicated supply-demand structure going forward. Although, I have to say, if as an option person, it looks like you you don't see this market falling. Like the IEA, you don't see this market falling apart, but there's potential upside. Is it? Is that? Yeah, there's definitely potential upside. Again, these balances are hard to, you know, are hard to figure out without. They're never easy to figure out, but right. You know, look. It looks to me like third quarter. I think we could be either side of, of draw, you know, draw, build and, and fourth quarter to me looks like that. I, I think we'll draw, you know, three to another three to 500. Um, again, depending on how, where everything, uh, where everything falls out. Uh, and you know, where we are now uh, is that we don't have the inventory that we have. <laughs> Clearly we don't have the inventory. We're below five year average outright and on day supply uh in the u.s same thing we're, we're below five-year average so there's not a big cushion you know in case we're, we're pretty finely balanced so there's not there's not a big cushion and right. uh, at least on an inventory basis uh there is the there is the spr and uh you know the, there is the the iea reserves uh which you know i i, I think the more it, at least not in the U.S. Those are to be drawn when there's actually a shortfall. U.S. will see it. the SPR has been used for political purposes before, and it might it might again depending on where gasoline prices are. But the the other thing the IEA said today, which is uh, which is very bullish, because as the more the more the bigger increase in the Persian Gulf production because that's where the spare capacity is the less spare capacity we really have and you know saudi has never really produced the 12 million i think even to stay at 11 million we'll see if they could do it 12 million they've never done right so you know we don't have this there's no there's really no spare capacity so there's Um, there's no cushion in stock levels and there's no cushion in spare capacity so that's uh very makes it for a very uh, interesting market. Now, is, do you do you feel like where we are now? I mean, we just we just sold off a few dollars. Big. Yeah, yeah. We just we just went from like you know seventy seventy five to where are we sixty nine sixty eight in WTI now. Yeah. So um, the market Could just it? said, "So what to you?" <laughs> to to that. Hold on, hold on. But <laughs> Libya just we just we just got eight hundred and fifty that we thought we lost. Right. Yeah. I mean we just got a huge amount of supply that we thought was lost. Uh, and know? also also you you know, you, we were talking earlier how uh funds have gotten long again, right? Oh my god, yeah. In the last two weeks they had the they added a hundred and what is it? 130, 140,000 contracts of WTI uh, of, of WTI. Yeah. So, um, 120 actually. So there's all that length that came into the market. Yes. And- which, which by the way, the, um, the CFTC's report 
on that comes out Friday afternoons as of Tuesday, Tuesday's trading. So it won't have the liquidation of funds from Wednesday and Thursday in the next number, right? Right. Yeah. So you could still see. Right. We'll see. We'll see more. We'll definitely see more. Yeah. So length. More length, and you know, the week after that will show. It'll show up. Right. So I think that what happened yesterday and today, you're seeing follow through, is the market had to adjust for that extra, you know, eight for that ex that Libyan supply, and Saudi supply is coming onto the market. So I think the market had to adjust downward. And we'll see where it, you know, where it finds, um, you know, so, some area of support or equilibrium or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, to me, the second half still looks, you know, with spare capacity falling. It, 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 we, we don't have a lot of cushion if something else goes wrong. Well, you know, in the, in, uh, the EIA's uh, July short-term energy outlook, they, they put in a... Um a price range, they, they take the implied volatility and they put up a 95% confidence interval using that implied volatility. That's another, uh, it's like a standard deviation. Um, and they come up with a, for October futures, they come up with a range of 56 to 87. So what? why don't you narrow that a little bit for us? 56 to 87? Yeah, it's like, you know, but what, what's, what's your, let's say, Give me a, give me a range. Well, range. for the, for the next, well, we're already, we, we, we had a, a little higher range cause we didn't know Libya was, was, uh, was coming back. It looks, you know, it, I'm, I'm looking at the chart right now. It, it, we've done a lot of damage here in the last, the last two days. So I think for the next month. Wait, you give, you're giving me fundamental information and now you're telling me we've done damage. You sound like a technician. I know. Well, Jim, as you know, yeah, you know more than anyone that I am a closet technician. I know that's right. But you know, I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone. Else, I don't want anyone else to know that. Right. But just looking, just looking at the, uh, just looking at the chart. You know, we have done a lot of damage here, and I think that you know, if I was, if I was take take a range for the next month or so it does look like it was something like 66 to maybe 71 72 maybe wider than that that's just for the next month right but could could we see 80 dollars brent again yeah i think we can right can we see the 80 dollars wti yeah it's, uh, it's not out of the realm what about what about 50 dollars wti that would be by, by uh, december by december say could it? Yeah, I mean, if the economy completely unravels, I right. think it could happen because, you know, it isn't. I, I think the IEA's right, Jim. It isn't like you you can't really you can't really go anywhere and say, oh, we're going to get, you know, this this extra supply. Even the only place you could go is Saudi Arabia, really. Right. You know, and I, I don't see them going from eleven to twelve. I just don't. You know, I don't see that. Because they, right. they know that'll, you know, they need the, they want the market around here, you know, plus yes. or minus. You know, I don't see them saying, oh, we're going to, we're going to give another million to the market. I, they're not going to. Right. I don't think. No. Let's move on to uh, gasoline and um, diesel price. Uh, yeah, diesel prices. What do, you, what do you think about gasoline? Well, prices? gasoline, let's talk about gasoline because the fundamentals really are completely uninspiring there. However, in the last couple of weeks, in the last week or so, actually, 
there's been a lot of refinery. There's been a lot of refinery problems, and um, you know, power problems all over the place, West Coast, uh, right. Gulf Coast. So um, you know, you, uh, gasoline is, is could tighten up uh, just a little bit. I don't think it's going to change the it, its overall fundamental. So sort of neutral to nowhere on uh, you know on on gasoline we have plenty of inventory and we may draw a little bit here but not enough to get to really get tight and and demand is uh certainly nothing to write home about uh in the uh in the u.s diesel we had a big build last week and you know stocks are still tight but demand the last couple of weeks has been crappy actually it's been right. poor uh i don't know if that's the beginning of a i don't know if that's the beginning of a trend or 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 not, you know, I, I we've been bullish on this on diesel for most of the year. Still, you know, st still supportive, still supportive on diesel, but not, you know, the, 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 we've been beginning. We, we need to rebuild diesel, and right. we're going, and we are. I mean, we are. So maybe the fundamentals have turned from, you know, really bullish to still bullish, but, you know, we're rebuilding and we, and we need to, and Europe is about to rebuild a lot because uh, they're getting a lot of diesel from um, Asia. Uh, so, you know, some of that may, may make its way over here along with uh, added, added gasoline. So products, you know, less, and, and runs, global runs are, are going to be a record in July and August, probably August. Uh, so, you know, I, I think globally product stocks are probably going to build, crude stocks are probably going to, are going to draw. Um, so refining margins may be under some, you know, maybe under some pressure here. And, uh, yep, go ahead. Sorry. The, no, I, I think that's, yeah, I, I think that's it. Again, we'll watch these refinery problems in the, uh, in the U S and of course, you know, we're, we are heading into, you know, we're looking at hurricane season coming up. Uh, last year was a doozy, you know, that, that actually Harvey bailed out gasoline last year. Mm. Guess, you know, it's a, this year is very similar to last year on gasoline, Jim. Yeah. Uh, but the entire fundamental change with, uh, you know, with Harvey. Right. Knocking out re refiners all over the place. Yeah. What would kind of wrap it up? Um, give me your going forward. What's your desert island indicator? What's what's uh, the, the one or two things that you're going to be closely following. I know it's, I know it's all over the place, but is it going to be, you're going to be watching Saudi production um, demand. What are you, what are you watching? Yeah, I think, um, you know, as, as we've talked about in this podcast, you know, these, it's really, a, a, it's more, you know, I think the, the headline news is clearly supply driven. You know, the longer term maybe, you know, we'll also be watching, you know, how these demand numbers come in and the effects of uh, the effects of tariffs, tariffs and, and higher interest rates. But, you know, my I guess the biggest unknown number is, is still going to be the effect of, of, of where we go with the RAN, uh, not where we go, where the market goes and, and how much Iran is, is uh, able to export uh, what they're you know, what they're going to negotiate with the, the Europeans. I think that's, you know, that that's, uh, you know, that that's the thing that, that I'll be watching and that uh, clearly the market's going to be uh, watching pretty carefully. 
related to that, does, does anybody look at the, um, the oil futures contract in China based on the, uh, it's trading, right? Pretty good. Yeah. It's trading. It's got open interest. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's trading pretty good. I wonder if that has any clues as to how much Iranian oil they're going to take. So, you know, are they, if, if there's a lot of Iranian oil coming in more than expected, that thing trades at a discount. I, I have no idea, but I'm just throwing it out there. So maybe take a look at that. So the trading options on that thing? That I don't know. Yeah. But it, it is definitely, it definitely is trading. Mm. Uh, anything else you want to add, Andy, before we wrap this up? No, I don't think so. Um, well, yeah, I, I just, uh, some, uh, shameless marketing plugs sure uh, you can uh find us on the website at, on our website at uh commodity www.commodityresearchgroup.com jim's been posting some uh really interesting stuff on the uh website just about just about every day uh if you want to reach me for questions uh a labo at commodityresearchgroup.com uh, also, we are on uh, LinkedIn uh, for this website, mm -hmm. for this uh, podcast. And, you, and also, if you want to subscribe, you could do that through iTunes, which would, be, uh, which would be awesome. Okay, very good. Thanks, Andy LeBeau. We'll see you uh, next month. And uh, this is Jim Colburn, commodityresearchgroup.com.